Good morning, everybody. Hang on, I'm going to hit live here on TikTok, and we are now live on TikTok too. Dylan, look at us figuring out technology, Larry. I love it. Good morning. How are you doing? I'm fantastic, man. How are you? I'm doing all right. So, are you on your way out to Iowa, or what's the deal? Uh, I am actually in Iowa City. I am coming to you live from the Travel Lodge in Iowa City. <laughs> awesome. Yeah. That's a beautiful. So, no, we, it, it is. Uh, it is family day here at the University of Iowa, and my family oh, and I are joining my daughter at the uh, at the game. Yeah, your daughter's out there. That's right. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Well, have a lot of fun. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. You look. Yeah, you, so you, you you look like you're broadcasting from the studio like normal. I seem to be the only one who's always moving around. No, that's all right. You know, listen, uh, life life happens, right? Exactly. Exactly. Hey, right. so first of all, I just want to welcome everybody to our uh, broadcast of Real Estate, the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We're here every morning from seven, from nine until ten. I almost said seven till ten. That would be you, way. You also too said long. every morning, but let's just say that we're on every right. Saturday morning. Every Saturday morning, nine to ten a.m. But we are also going to be on on Wednesdays, Hump Day, and that's going to be either. 10 or 11 o'clock in the morning, but we're going to, we'll drop a little thing on socials and let everybody know that. Cool. Yeah. Well, I like that. I like that we're broadcasting live on TikTok as well as elsewhere. So. Yeah, so we're on TikTok, but on TikTok, they can only see me, unfortunately. So we're going to have about four viewers on there probably, but uh, <laughs> we'll figure that out. Um, TikTok, what's up? Nice to see you. Um, Hey, so like I said, every Saturday, 9 to 10 a.m., we're going to be here for the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We'll be back on WCPT shortly or another station in the Chicago metro area. Right now, we're all podcast. And um, so we're glad to have you guys here. This is 11-11. You know what that means, right, Dylan? Uh, you know what? I don't know where you're going with this, but I want to wish all the veterans a happy Veterans Day. I'm sure exact that's exactly where you were going, wasn't it? No, not actually, but yes, we absolutely want to uh, wish all the veterans a happy Veterans Day and thank everybody for their service. Uh, absolutely, you know, a lot of crazy stuff going on in this world, and uh, thank you for your service. You know, that's the main thing. Um, absolutely. No, but actually, 11, 11, 11, 11, 11 is your the a number that signifies your highest spiritual frequency and your highest like uh, you're at your highest level of creativity and in control of your future on that day more than any other day. That's 11, 11. I didn't realize any of that. I thought you had that to you. Uh, hey, listen, the interest rates were going the real estate. <laughs> we're at 11 percent. everybody. No, the real wow. estate therapist is here to put you in that state of Zen. Right. And 1111 is the day to do it. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Listen, we have a lot to talk about today. I want to we're going to touch again on these. Uh, class action lawsuits that are going on because I had a real life experience in in the real estate biz, so to speak, uh, in the last two days. 
And I'm going to prove to everybody out there why these class action lawsuits at the end of the day are probably going to change nothing. So we'll get into that in a little <laughs> bit. Uh, before we do, let's, uh, let's check out where are we at with interest rates? Because we know they haven't really budged that much in the last week, right? Right. No, you know what? We had a pretty flat week from an interest rate standpoint, Larry. So uh, I would tell you that um, the market feels a little indecisive in the grand scheme of things. And, yeah. the, you know, it, it looked like early in the week we wanted to continue the, the little mini rally from the week before. Uh, then some numbers weren't as favorable and Powell, Powell spoke and some other Fed speakers came out. And all of that basically means rates ended this week where they ended last week, which is seven and a half ish, probably a shade higher. Certainly not eight like we were a couple of weeks back. But, mm -hmm. you know, uh, I don't think there's an imminent rally coming. But I also don't think that for now we're going appreciably higher anytime soon. With interest rates? Correct. I think we're going to be in this seven and a half ish range until something else kind of comes out from a news standpoint and happens that right. tells us, hey, rates need to move. And that could be up or down. Like if I knew where the next move in rates was, I think I've said this a hundred times, You'd I'd be, be an a retired bond trader and wouldn't do this job for a living. Right. Well, you know, like I said, my, my thought was, I still think interest rates are going to come down a bit by sometime this spring. I think we'll either still be right around seven and a half, maybe a little bit lower. We're going to see what happens. There's a lot going on in the world that can really just change everything about everything. Right. If something turns the wrong way. So no, you're, you're, uh, you're absolutely right. And I, and I do think that that can go both ways, right? I think that that can be uh, a situation where we see an increase in rates uh, because we have a surprise, but also a decrease. And I think that, uh, I, I hope you're right. I mean, we've talked about this. I'm not advocating for higher rates. I see that the, the recipe for higher rates kind of exists, but we'll see. Yeah. Yeah. We'll see what goes on. But, uh, yeah, you know, some interesting things I came across in the last uh, couple of days, just, you know, reading, watching different podcasts, listening to different people, talking to different people in the industry. So inventory is up less than a percent, 0.07 percent. But what percent? And that's so there's about 568,000 homes active on the market right now nationwide it, 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 it's nothing if you have the number from a couple of years right ago during the right yeah. so we know that inventory is still down even though it ticked up slightly 0.07 percent 568,000 or so homes on the market but how many what percentage of those homes do you think have had a price adjustment of those 567,000 homes, 68,000 homes. How many do you think have at this point gone through at least one price adjustment? And by price adjustment, you mean reduction? <laughs> like, right? Well, right? I mean, that's trust me, in this that. business, I can't predict. Someone may say, hey, let's raise right. our price. I, I would say 20, no, I would say 20%. Yeah, well, you're close. It's actually um, 39%. Okay. Yeah, 39%. No, I, I, 
I, I think Larry, when you say that, what I hear is what I'm hearing when I talk to clients, um, and and obviously we're talking to them. I'm talking to them from the mortgage side of things, which is financing the next place, and and they're optimistically looking at what they're going to net so that they can buy the next place. Um, I, I had a client, you know, not to, so they're over optimistically looking at the next place. I have a client who put his house on the market in. Uh, the Clarendon Hills, Illinois area earlier this summer. And by earlier this summer, I mean, uh, you know, like July, right? He probably missed the big window. Right. Um, and, and he's probably got himself a $600,000 house, six, six and a quarter, something like that. Um, and, and the school district's attractive and all the other stuff. And he's like, well, mm -hmm. somebody wants to pay me seven nineteen, I'll take it. Put it on the market seven nineteen, reduce to six ninety nine. Nobody took it. His agent told him, Look, you're at six hundred, six hundred twenty-five thousand dollars house all day long. He's like, I, I got, I got two and three quarters on my house. If somebody wants to overpay me to move, it's fine. And he never sold. And he never got a whiff of it. And right. so, you know, obviously, you know, and you can talk a little more about people's motivations when they come to market. But he literally, uh, he, you know, and he wouldn't pay for staging or any of this other stuff that we've talked about will help you sell. But he was strictly in this situation that is, if somebody wants to overpay to take me out, I'll sell. Otherwise, I don't care. So we had when multiple reductions. When did he put this that on the market? This was July, and he came off the market uh, literally in the last two weeks, which is why I uh, ended up talking to him because we were just kind of checking in with him to make sure that he didn't need us to do math if he was getting close to a sale, trying to figure out what's next. And... Um, He's like, you know what? We had activity for the first three weeks or a month. And even then after we reduced the price, uh, nobody came through and we're just going to let the listing expire. And maybe we sell next spring or maybe we don't. But to his credit, he's on a 20 year at, you know, two and three quarters or two and seven eighths. He yeah. can stay there forever at, at that financing. So on one level, he might be right. And I know we're a little off track. So I want to circle back to your discussion about price reductions. Like at the end of the day, he's a guy with multiple price reductions, but he's not even motivated to sell. So what's yeah. going on in this price reduction situation is my question to you. Well, I think, you know, obviously when interest rates went up, that takes a lot of buyers out off the field, right? Uh, For just sure. Because I mean, they just can't afford on, the home. On both sides, right? So I'm, the people who can't afford the home, because rates are up and payments are up. And then the right. people who don't want to come to market because their existing situation is financed below current market, they're yeah. all out of the market. Now the market's this big. Yeah. So uh, that's, a, and that's really it. I mean, you know, when interest rates go up, inventory is still very low. Uh, interest rates go up, more buyers are forced off the uh, field and they're on the sidelines now waiting for interest rates to go down. By the way, our interest rate right now at about seven and a half percent is right around where it was in 1970, whatever. And if you had waited back then for interest rates to go down, you would have waited 22 years. So, <laughs> you know, if you can, you know what I've seen, I've seen that circling on social media. It's true for sure. And it's certainly it better than the argument that rates are historically average because prices are not historically average, right? We've seen no, that one not. too. I, I do think that if you're in a situation where you're trying to wait for interest rates to come down, um, again, like I've said, it, if you could guess that, you, you, you should be doing something else for a Yeah. Little. 
Yeah. Um, so back to your question, I think basically the reason why we're seeing price reductions is that's my dog in the background. The reason right. you're seeing price reductions is because less buyers, less activity, houses stay on the market longer. You know, there's a rule of thumb, the longer you're on the market, the farther away from your list price or first ask price that you're going to get. Right. So market time is like, it's like acid to the list price of your home. The longer you're on the market, the more that market eats away at your list price and the more likely you are to have a price adjustment. So yeah, we're seeing a lot of price adjustments because houses are staying on the market longer. You know, one of the things I've, I've, seen larry is in talking to clients especially clients like this one i mentioned earlier today where they're um in a situation where they're saying hey you know what i'm gonna uh come on the market high now this guy's an exception because he truly was like hey you could overpay me and i'm gonna sell or i don't care um and, and he didn't but lots of people come on and they target a price range right whatever whatever it is let's say right. it's the average four hundred thousand dollar house they're like, hey, I want to come on at 440 because if somebody wants to overpay, I want to get that person. And, yeah. and what, what do you say to people who are like trying to fish high for the first 30 days that they're on the market? Because I think that that's a mindset people get into that they're going to catch this one magic buyer who's going to overpay and they lose traction with dozens and dozens of people who might be interested at the right price. Yeah. So to answer your question, that is the exact opposite of what you should be doing when you're selling your home. The num price is king in real estate. Price is what drives buyers to your door or drives them away from your door. If you overprice your home, you're going to end up just lingering on the market. As you linger on the market, buyers are going to start asking themselves, hey, what, why isn't my home? Why isn't this home selling? It looks like a nice home. Why isn't it selling? What's wrong with it? And all these questions start popping up in buyers' minds. You're going to get less showings when you overprice your home. And the key to pricing a home is to price it right at market value or even just a tad under market value. And I know that sounds counterintuitive, but listen. The more people that you get interested in your property from the get-go, from the very first time you come on the market, from that first day or that first day you start pre-marketing it before it comes on the MLS, the more people you can get interested, the higher your price is going to go. Because if you can get a few people interested in it and get a couple of offers, three, four, five offers, you're going to drive the price up. The opposite of that is if you overprice your home, you're going to have less showings, more market time, uh, and likely you're going to be adjusting your price. It's the exact wrong psychology when you're selling your home. So Larry, ultimately what we're getting at, I think, is this idea, correct me if I'm wrong, that if you overprice even by a little, you, you could basically get a stink on the house in the market that is going to 
cause you to lower your price and not get your buy. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I have a property on the market now where I, I told uh, the seller to put it on. Uh, let's start. It, it's a two flat and uh, it's in the city. It's actually a nice little two flat with a finished basement. So it could actually be a three flat. It would be a great property for an investor or a house hack for someone to live in one of the units like we've talked about and rent out the other two and basically sure. live there for free. Um, so when we first talked and give, this give, was. Give, give the viewers the address, Larry. What the heck? Well, it's club on this house. Well, uh, because we're going to be doing a price adjustment and some other things, I'm just simply going to say that it's on Keeler in Chicago and uh, it's a two flat with a finished basement uh, with a bathroom in the basement, with a bedroom in the basement. It needs some work, but uh, with a little bit of work, this could be a little okay. gem for an investor to add three more doors to their inventory. But here's the thing. So when I first spoke with the seller, I said, here's what I would suggest. Let's put it on the market at a, at two fifty nine nine and see what happens. I think that's I think that's a little high. But and this was six months ago. I think that's a little high. But let's get let's see what happens. Let's test this market because investors are hungry for more doors in their inventory. And there's not many out there. What did Mr. Seller say? And he's he's absolutely a fantastic guy. I love this guy. He's he's a he's right. just a great guy to work with. Um, and he said, Well, let's, you know, I was thinking more 299. And I'm like, you know, I mean, look, we can do it. I'll put it on for 599 if you want, but here's the problem. That's 40 for that's 40% higher. I mean, that's the other thing at a 259 property, right? Forty thousand dollars is a lot of money. It's, it's less a lot of money. Money it's a lot of money proportionally to a six hundred thousand dollar buyer. Oh my god, it's a lot of money, and um, it's a lot of money for an investor who's gonna go in there and probably drop another 40 grand in the property. Easy, right? So we put it on at 299, we dropped it to 284, and uh, you know, we've had 40 showings. We've had 40 showings, we've had a lot of showings, right. And a lot yeah. more in the beginning than we than we we're having right now. And we do we we got another showing today, right? But we've you know I keep telling him I said I'm going to call him Paul. I Paul, we've had uh, we've had forty plus showings and no offers. What what price. is that telling you? I mean, right. what's it's that? It's one hundred percent the price. Yeah, you you're just priced too high, but oh, someone's going to come along. Someone's going to bite. And I'm like, no, I, I actually I don't think anyone is. And we've been on the market six months. So even right. if they do bite, they're not biting at our current price of 284. No, they're going to bite it, bite it where the real market price is. I mean, like exactly. And really, look, ultimately, um, you know, every now and again, you hear a story, but it's always some story of, well, my brother's cousin's you know, co-workers, nephew found a house and put it on the market, you know, and, and got 50 grand more than he should have. So you, so right. It's always one guy that nobody actually laid eyes on who got this right. maximum overpriced bid, but it's ridiculous. Right. 
Yeah. Yeah. And you know, listen, that is not the market we're in right now, but I will say this, if you have a house that you're putting on the market, house, condo, townhome, whatever, and it's right. in a sought after area and you've listened to your agent, you've staged it properly. You've got great media deliverables for the internet. You, uh, you know, you're really, um, you're you're checking off all the boxes as far as everything you need to do to get that house sold quickly and for the most amount of money possible. If you do that, you will sell this house fast. I'll give you an example. I put a house on the market in Lamont. We put it on right. for three sixty nine nine, which was uh, about $40,000 higher than any house in that subdivision had ever sold for. This was about six months ago. And, okay. um, the market was a little, a, a little more worked up than it is right now. There were more buyers in the market, uh, you know, at right. that time we sold that in the PLN for, uh, $3.95. So on the market for 369.9, we sold it for 395. It appraised out, no issues. And um, I'm sorry, it was uh 469.9 uh and we sold it for 499.9. And right. um so but they did everything I suggested they should do. They staged the property right, they removed some furniture to open up the floor space, make it look bigger. They had beautiful hardwood floors. I told them, you know, pick up the area rugs because people right. love shiny hardwood floors and it makes your house bigger. Take right. off the pictures in the small hallway that leads to the kitchen, take the pictures off the wall because it encloses that hallway. So take that off. It opens it up a little more. So there's things you can do, you know, including to the exterior of the property. So they right. listened to everything and we sold it for 35 grand over list price. So that, that is still happening out there, but right. you, you gotta want it. You know, you gotta do the things. Well, I, look, I think that it was the biggest thing that you're telling me here, Larry, that I hit, and I know you're saying, Alec, you do the things, but you know what the things are. And and the, the, the point I'm trying to make when I say that is the following. Um, if you're going to bother to hire somebody, if you're going to bother to sign a contract that's going to pay them 5% for selling your home, no matter what mm -hmm. they do with that afterwards and where the lawyers get involved. Um, listen to that. Say that again. I Why would you it. not listen to them? Well, it makes no sense. It's like going to a doctor and your doctor says, take this pill. You're going to do well. If you do it, you're going to get rid of your sniffles and whatever else you got going on. Right. And uh, go home and take the pill for uh, seven days and you're going to be fine. Don't worry about it. And you go home and you just keep drinking and you don't take your pills. And that's not going to work <laughs> out well for you. Um, hey, I, we got a we got a comment here. Uh, oh, it nice. says no, no audio and video. Interesting. Okay. So we'll have to check that out, but, um, yeah, so it's, uh, you know, you that, gotta, that, that's going to hurt our TikTok numbers. Yeah. Well, we're on, we're live on TikTok and we're doing okay there. I'll have to check on the others. Oh, uh, where's the comment from after the show? The comment is, 
coming from. It doesn't say where the comments coming from, huh. but uh, so Larry, the uh, new technology, just for the people who are, are watching us, the the podcasting technology. Are we going to be able to uh, to basically broadcast to more than just the TikTok platform like we did when we were uh, at, the, at the radio station? Yeah. So right now we're broadcasting to um, YouTube. We're broadcasting. At, so on YouTube, we're at Larry Shackman. So at L-A-R-R-Y-S-H-A-K-M-A-N. And uh, as a matter of fact, let me just put this little banner up here and we can uh, uh, see, let everybody know where we are broadcasting from. Um. There you go. So you can go to Facebook and check us out at launch my listing. You can go to YouTube and check us out at at Larry Shackman or on LinkedIn. You can check us out also at Larry Shackman. And there's the actual link for it right there. LinkedIn and whatever, whatever yeah. other letters you're seeing there. But yeah, you could really follow us on on all of these, uh, all of these platforms, and every week we're going to have some really good conversation about things going on uh, in the industry. So I, I want to jump to something real quick here. Yeah, go ahead. Um, so I was taught I was at a home inspection yesterday at a property in Wheaton, and I met with the buyer's agent, who was a, a great agent, very nice agent. This is our listing, and. Um, it's actually my partner's listing, Michael Lafito's. But uh, so we worked together. I met the agent there and her home inspector, home inspector and his team. They got the, uh, you know, home inspection done in, you know, about two hours or so. Great house. I don't think we're going to have any issues. But so this is where I want to get back to that Sitzer Burnett suit and all these copycat suits that are coming right. along now. The same plaintiff's attorney in the Sitzer Burnett suit filed another lawsuit on behalf of some other sellers against different uh, brokerages. And at the same time, there was another lawsuit that was filed when against buyers, uh, you know, a pretty a pretty substantial one. So here I'm going to give you a real life example of why this is not going to uh this is not going to change anything in my estimation. Okay, so right now as we know, just to kind of wrap this up in a little ball, the way commissions typically work for real estate agents is the listing agent negotiates a, a listing commission with the seller. So let's say it's 5%. That 5%, he then tells the seller, what we're going to do is we're going to take that 5%, we're going to split it in two and offer 2.5% to the buyer's agent or buyer's brokerage to bring their buyers to the table and motivate them to come and look at your house, right? right. And... Now, those two commissions typically get split up between the agent and the brokerage. Right. So the total commission is right now and for decades has been paid out of the proceeds of the sale. So if you're buying a $500,000 house, the commission is baked into that and the seller will pay their 
uh, or the listing agent will uh, get paid by the seller two and a half percent and the listing right. brokerage will pay the buyer's brokerage or selling agent the other two and a half percent. That's typically how right. it works. Really, when you get right down to it, the buyer is financing the full 5% commission. Am I on target so far? I, yes. Okay. So right now, the all the commission gets financed by the buyer with that $500,000. Of course, if they're buying a $500,000 home, they're putting $50,000 down. Okay. So they're financing $450,000, but right. it, somehow, some way that 5% commission is factored in, they're financing that commission. Well, it's, ba it's, it's baked in the cake of the transaction. Exactly. So what the Sitzer Burnett lawsuit says is, well, buyers should be able to negotiate with their buyer's agents and they should be able to come up with their own uh, whatever they're going to pay their buyer agent, whether that's 2%, 2.5%, 3%. And the seller should not have to pay the buyer's agent. That's right. really what this is coming down to. And what the plaintiff's attorney uh, is suggesting is that it hurts the buyer and seller because they're not able to negotiate separately for the commissions they're paying. So it drives up the commissions, it drives up the price of the home and so on and so forth. How do you feel about all that? Uh, I, I, you know what? I feel like we're, the answer to your question is uh, the lawsuit is uh, kind of ridiculous. Um, let's not kid ourselves, but I do see that the point of, you know, maybe it's not entirely transparent to the buyer as they look at the seller transaction is arguable, which is where my point the last few months has been, right? Which is, okay, ultimately, we're just going to change the paperwork and carry on as normal once all this is said and done. But at the end of the day, uh, you know, and we've talked about this before, there's no way. Um, look, the bottom line is this, the net result as we sit here today for a home buyer is, hey, we might be able to reduce the price of your house by two and a half or 3%, but then you're going to have to pay cash to your agent in the amount of two and a half or 3%. I don't think everybody gets that. Right. So what it really comes down to is let's say this lawsuit after all the appeals and that can go on for two, three, four years, who knows, before this is written in stone and, you know, before anything actually changes. So what that right. means is if this actually does go that way and now the buyer pays their buyer's agent and the seller pays their listing agent, the buyer is now not only going to have to come up with that, let's say they're putting 10% down on a $500,000 home. They're not only going to have to come up with that $500,000, they're going to have to come up with an additional $12,500 off of the, um, right. you know, in addition to their down payment. And most buyers, frankly, cannot do that. They're scraping together the down payment. Am I right? Yes, you're absolutely right. Okay. So now they have to come up with this additional $12,500 to pay their buyer, their buyer's agent. 
Now, here's the real life example that I was uh, talking about and why I think none of this is going to change. So the agent I was talking to yesterday, her son last year, sold, he was living in a duplex. He sold his duplex. And so recently he noticed that his neighbor, where he used to live, it put their duplex on the market for $425,000. And they did yep. it with a brokerage, uh, you know, a flat out discount brokerage where they put your house on the market for 500 bucks or a couple hundred bucks or whatever. Right. And you handle everything else. When they put the house on the MLS, they put it on the MLS with a $100 co-op commission to the buyer, which to the buyer's agent. Okay. So what that means is that buyer's agent, if they've worked with this buyer for two, three months or whatever, they're going to get paid a hundred dollars. If that right. person, buy, if that buyer, their client that they've worked with all these months buys that property or worked with all these weeks, whatever it is, they're going to make a hundred dollars. And if they don't have an agreement with the buyer, for the buyer to pay them directly the other 12,400 or whatever it's going to be, then they're going to make a hundred dollars. Well, here's what happened with that, with that listing. It was on the market for 30 days. It got no offers. It got zero showings or very few showings. And, and I know this because he talked to his neighbor uh, who had the house on the market right. and in 30 days, they immediately put a two and a half percent buyer's co-op commission on the listing because they were getting no action at all. Nobody was showing the home and the buyers that were coming through the home that were unrepresented just didn't understand the whole process. I mean, they, they weren't represented. And the reality of it is, is that the listing agent has a fiduciary responsibility to get that seller as much money as possible. They are never going to be representing the buyer unless it's a dual agent and both parties agree to that. But at right. the end of the day, if you're a listing agent, your fiduciary responsibility is to your seller and to get them as much money as possible. So the bottom line here is that the seller found out real quickly that if you offer no buyer co-op commission, you are going to see a drastic decrease in the number of showings and you're going to see a decrease in your the offers you're going to get. Because if you don't think buyers are going to take into account that they now have to pay in addition to what they're paying you and which is also you're going to be paying your listing agent out of what they're paying you. So in effect, the buyer is financing the listing agent's commission, right? In addition sure. to that, they're coming up with an additional $12,500 out of their pocket. You're going to get lower offers because these buyers are going to factor that in to their offers every time. You're 100% right. Look, Larry, we, I, you know, I, I, like I said, I think we're a little in the weeds, but the, the point remains, the lawsuit is uh going to i i just don't think I, I, that uh the lawsuit is going to have a net effect 
on the real estate business when all is said and done yeah. that everybody is in a panic about. It's just not. And, and at the, the end of the day, you've got to turn around and keep financial incentives in place. Now, is it going to change the, the paperwork? Is it going to change the math? Maybe a little the paperwork for sure. Um, but, you know, the other thing is it's it, it, it's the sort of thing that nobody nobody on a consumer end cares like we care. Right. And, and mm-hmm. I think that ultimately, if it shakes out the way you're describing, sellers will care when they wake up and go, what, you know, what are we doing? And yeah. if they roll a bunch of changes out in the marketplace and then all of a sudden activity slows to 18 percent of what it was the year before. Um, from these levels, which is probably 18% of what it was three years ago, um, it's going to be a problem. And yeah. it, and then people will be like, how do we solve this problem? So, but for now, you know, I, I don't think there's a bot. Look, I talk to buyers all day, every day. They can barely come up with the down payment and the closing costs that they have. I mean, I, you know, I, I literally, I'm working on a transaction for a buyer now. It's a no money down transaction, meaning no money down on the purchase price of the house. He's still got to fund his closing costs. He's right. scraping those together. Right. So at the end of the day, are we going to find it? You know, our, our, I, I think the argument in the law. And I'm dealing with the buyer in the same situation. I don't mean to interrupt you, but I'm dealing with yeah, the buyer in the same situation. So it's just it's just not going to happen. I, I, I think ultimately uh, the, the, the lawsuit is. Uh, gonna and I've said it before. It's gonna get the lawyers paid, and then we're gonna change the paperwork a little bit, and then we're all gonna carry on. And and, it, and now that we're in the middle of it, it's just annoying. Yeah, I I think it's it's a distraction now. But I think at the end of the day, I don't think a lot's gonna change. And I think my conversation with this agent yesterday really underscored that because the seller found out very quickly nobody's going to work for free. It's just not going to happen. You yeah, can't well, mandate as say, that. F around and find out, right? Like yeah. that's where we're at. Yeah. You... So Larry, let, let me ask you this. As yeah. it comes to commissions as a seller and as a buyer and understanding things, yeah. would there be a book that I could find all these issues listed you so know, that I could not make these mistakes? I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna uh you know it's it's very uh fortunate that you brought that up and kind of <laughs> fortuitous because uh if you look at the bottom of the screen right now so i recently wrote a book called the top tens of real estate here it is right here the top tens of real estate 32 top 10 real estate lists proven absolutely proven to help you maximize your profit when you sell buy or invest right and um, if you want, you can go buy the book at trustedagentusa.com where you can save a ton of money if you buy, sell, or invest. Uh, our sellers and buyers save literally thousands and thousands of dollars, whether they're buying, selling, or investing. Trustedagentusa.com, shameless uh, you know, promotion. But you can right. buy the book. But I'll tell you what, if you don't want to buy the book, I'll give it to you for free so you can save some money on the next home you purchase or buy. Just text BOOK to 630-921-0611. 630-921-0611. Text BOOK. 
I'll send you the ebook for free. And I guarantee you, if you're an investor, there's things in there that'll save you money. I can, if you're an investor in the Chicago metro area, I can show you how to save 50% on your title insurance costs. Now, just to break that down a little bit. So the card rate for a home that's 200,000 and under, which is a, a pretty typical investment kind of price, right? Investors are typically looking for homes between 150 and 200. They're not looking for seven, eight, $900,000 homes. They're looking for more bread and butter, first time home buyer homes, whether they're going to rent them out, hold and rent or right. flip them. So, uh, Where was I going with this? Remind me. Yeah, you know what? You got off the beaten path. You were talking about the book. Okay, so I will show you how to save 50% on your title fees, on your title insurance policy fees. So where I was getting so at- the, 200000 yeah, $200,000 house, Larry, what, what am I going to save? The card rate on that for a title insurance policy, I believe is $2,090, $2,090. I will show you how to save $1,000 off of that. If you want to find out, just text TITLE to 630-921-0611. Just text TITLE and I'll show you how to do it. You'll keep a thousand bucks in your pocket on a $200,000 purchase. That's a decent amount of money that you could put towards your closing costs. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, so you know, cool what man. else is going on in your life? Tell me. That, that's it, man. That's it. I got. I'm, I'm going. I'm going to get coffee in a few because we got to make this thing happen here at the uh, at the Hawkeyes Rutgers game today. So, at Hawk Hawk. Who are they playing? Rutgers. Okay. Oh, really? Okay. So uh, they'll beat yeah. they'll beat Rutgers, right? I mean, how good of a football you know team? What, they beat them. They'll beat them 12 to 10. We'll see how it goes. <laughs> hey, let's uh, real quick before we uh, wrap this up, let's go through some of the what's dynamics of the market right now. OK, yep. so there's still a lot of geopolitical craziness going on out there. And, you know, that affects the market. It affects people's mood to buy or sell their motivation to buy or sell. But like, like my partner, uh, Michael Lafito always says, life moves real estate. That's what moves real estate life. If you have to move, you have to move. If you have to sell, you have to sell. You're going to do it regardless of all the crazy geopolitical minutia that's going on around you. Right. Absolutely true. Larry, I, uh, you know, I'm going to share with you a, a, a little bit of a blue story from a guy I used to work with uh, many moons ago. And, you know, he used to say in a market like this, uh, he said, look, nobody comes home, uh, finds their spouse in bed with somebody else and goes, you know what? You know, good. So and so we're getting divorced. Just as soon as rates go down. Life moves real estate. Things happen. People get sick. People get divorced. People turn around, change jobs, transfer cities. All these things happen no matter what happens with interest rates. Yeah. Well, you know, the good thing with the mortgage market is in the last week, everything except rates were up. You had purchase apps were up. You've had refi apps were up. 
Uh, and uh, that's, you know, that's a good thing. They weren't up a lot, but they were up, you know, 2%. They, they, they were up a smidge. And I think, look, if you were kicking things around and we got a nice little rally like we did last week, that'll, that'll stimulate some activity. And I think that, you know, the other thing is we are starting to see just a little bit of refinance activity out there. What's starting to happen, Larry, which I think is an interesting conversation to have, is we have had people start to look at the idea of getting rid of their 3% mortgage by refinancing. And you might be like, why would anybody do that? The refi and, rates and the, are up too, by the way. Yeah. I mean, refi rates are still seven and a half. It's the same, same mortgage rates. The thing that's happened that I think is interesting is as the world has kept moving um, to the point I just made and life happens, people go out and they buy a new car at 8.99% that they can't really afford on 60 months, right? Because it's a thousand dollar a month car payment. Right. They run up $35,000 in credit card bills, which are now requiring a thousand dollars a month. And if you have an extra hundred thousand dollars in equity in your house versus three years ago you might be able to consolidate and deploy that equity by refinancing and say mm -hmm. well look my, my my house payment was two grand my car payment was a grand and my credit cards were 500 bucks more for 3500 but i can refinance it all at eight percent spread it back out over 30 years and get it down to 2200 a month 2300 a month um and so the total monthly outflow change and the chance to redeploy that equity without selling is a thing that we've started to see some inquiries on. I'd be interested to see how things shake out. That may be a thing as we start looking to the 2024 market. Hey, you know what? If we can get interest rates somehow to go down even another half a percent, you're going to see another tick up a little bit. And you you may be right. I think if we see rates in the sixes, we'll start to see some more action on both sides of the business, right? The purchase oh, business and the refinance business. I, I will say this based on the conversations I've had with uh, buyers, sellers, and you know other people we talk to in the industry. I truly believe that if we get into the sixes, you're going to see some serious yeah. activity because those that have 5% and 4% mortgages, they're not going to be so gun shy about putting their homes on the market. Correct. I agree. And the buyers are going to flood the market again, but I'm warning all of you when that happens, everything is going to change again. Everything's going to change again. So you're going to be back to that thing where you're standing in line uh, to, to look at a house. You're going to be back to that multiple offer situation. And the reason for that is all of a sudden, if we get down to six and a half percent, everyone's going to think, holy cow, you know, two months, three months, four months ago, we were at eight and a half eight percent going up to eight and a half percent we're at six and a half percent or six and three quarter percent now i gotta jump on this now and god forbid right. they go so it'll, lower, be, it, it, it'll be it'll be a frenzy for sure it'll so. be absolutely a feeding frenzy and i think people need to uh take that into consideration because right now uh you could actually do much better negotiating on the price 
of your home of the home you're buying then you'll be able to once we're in that feeding frenzy and here's the thing you can never renegotiate the purchase price of the house that you buy but you can right. absolutely always refinance into a lower rate whether that's two three four or five years down the line so i think people really need to keep that keep that in mind i agree larry as we start looking forward to next week i think we should spend some time between here and wednesday maybe we do the, maybe you and i do this on monday um but we should talk about kind of coming up with a playbook for people who want to buy between now and year end whether it's buy an investment property whether it's buy your house take advantage of i think what's going to be a very very harsh six weeks or two months for home sellers and if you're a buyer you can take advantage of that and and Absolutely. so i think we should spend we should put some thought into that conversation but but really start running a playbook over the course of the next few weeks to be like, Hey, I'm a year end buyer. How am I going to do this? Yeah. So here's the thing. I have two listings coming on the market. I've got one coming on the market in Naperville. It's a two bedroom, one and a half bath, completely renovated, um, uh, condo with indoor parking pool, really nice place right in the middle of Naperville. It's going to be coming on at two nineteen nine. I have another place coming on the market in Buffalo Grove in the Adley E. Stevenson High School District, which is a very sought after area. Adley E. Stevenson, I think is the number five rated high school in the whole country. So that area is very sought after. That's going to be coming on for somewhere around 770. And I'm going to get back to what I said earlier. If you have a sought after property and you price it right, and I think both of these properties are priced more than right, you are going to get a lot of action on them. You might be on the market a little longer than you would have been last year at this time or when there were more buyers in the market. But if you do things right, you're still going to sell your home for absolute top dollar in the shortest amount of time possible. So, Absolutely. you know, that that's the key to this. Listen to the people you're working with because it really, really matters. It really does. Cool. So we'll playbook that out next week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. I'm going to let you go. I'm going to wrap things up here. I'm going to let you go watch uh, Rutgers beat Iowa. I'm kidding. I'm joking. <laughs> <They're> not, <laughs> tell your daughter I was joking. I'm just kidding. You're, gonna you're, you're assuming she's watching. Yeah. It's going to be seven nice. to six. I'm sure of it. Uh, Nice. All right, my friend. Good talking right, with bye. you this week. We'll talk soon. Yeah. And we'll see all you guys bye. on Wednesday. Uh, and Dylan, we'll see you on Wednesday too. Thanks, Larry. Okay, bud. All right, everybody. So we're going to wrap things up, but I want to end on this note. So it's super important to know and trust the agent you're working with. And I'm going to give you an example of that. So just in this last about three day period, I've been negotiating with an agent that, you know, was, I'm, I'm representing the buyer, the agent, the listing agent was extremely difficult to deal with. You know, we are obligated as agents to disclose if we are related to the seller. She did not do that. We are, ob we absolutely cannot add anything to a contract. We cannot add our own verbiage to 
a contract. So for instance, the 7.0 contract that we all use as real estate agents, we cannot just write things in that contract and add clauses and things like that. We can't do it. This agent, after the contract was fully executed, put her own little clause on top of the final signature page. And in addition to that, we are, which is, that's a huge no-no. Real estate agents cannot act as attorneys. So you cannot put little clauses on a contract. You cannot do that. You can fill in the blanks on a contract, but you cannot put your own little clauses on the signature page of the contract. And in addition to that, um, we are obligated once a property is under contract, fully executed agreement, we're obligated within 48 hours to put that property on the MLS as contingent, contingent inspections, contingent attorney and uh, attorney review period. And those both last somewhere between seven and 10 days. Um, that also didn't happen. My point is this. It is super important to work with an agent that has experience, knows what they're doing, and is going to represent you, you know, in, in the most uh, aggressive manner they can. So when I pointed these things out to this agent, she was like, no, I'm not putting it. I'm not putting it on the MLS contingent. And if you have a problem, have, my, have your broker call me. Well, I didn't do that. We just moved on and we found another property. So the point is, is that the transactional process in real estate is changing all the time. And make sure that you're working with somebody that really, really gets it. They understand the entire breadth of that transactional process because you can get hurt if they don't. Also, if you're buying a house, I would say, you know, something that every agent should do if they're representing you, when you put that offer in, they should be giving you a net sheet that shows you exactly what you have to bring to the table when you're purchasing that property, including all title costs, including attorney costs, including anything that it, you're going to have to bring to the table in addition to your down payment. So like, for instance, if you're buying a property for $200,000 and the card rate on that property uh, for your title insurance policy is, let's say, $2,090. That's an additional $2,090 you're going to have to bring to the table unless you call me or text me at 630-921-0611. Just text title. And if you're an investor or whether you're a owner occupant looking for a home, investor, whatever, I will show you how to save 50% on your title insurance costs. Just text title to 630921 zero six one one. Now, uh, final point I want to make is if you guys are looking to save, whether you're buying, selling, or investing, go to trustedagentusa.com, click on any link there and start saving. Uh, our buyers, any home our buyer 
purchases. They're going to get a half a percent rebate back on the purchase price of that home. So for instance, on a $400,000 home, you're going to get $2,000 back that you could use at closing for your prepaids or closing costs. That's a pretty good amount of money. Uh, it's going to come close to paying for your entitled insurance policy, which is probably about $2,300 on a $400,000 property. I'm not looking at the card right now, but I'm going to guess it's $2,300 for a $400,000 home. Uh, you're going to get half a percent back on the purchase price of that property. So that $2,000 can go towards paying some of your title costs, paying your attorney, paying any of your prepaids <clears throat> or any of your closing costs at all. That's a big deal. You're also, if you're a buyer working with trustedagentusa.com, if you're a buyer working with one of our trusted agents, which are the top performing agents in your area, they have to be in business for a minimum of three years to even work with us you are also going to get a free one-year home warranty that's going to cover everything in your home, including appliances. So these are all very big deals. For our sellers, it even gets better because if you're selling your home, we're going to list your home for as low as 1.5% if you're buying with us as well, or 2% if you're not. And if we bring the buyer to the table, there is no buyer agency commission. So your total commission would be anywhere between one and a half to 2%, which is a minimum typically of a 66% savings just for that. Now, if you buy your next home with us, you're also going to get a half a percent rebate back on the house that you're purchasing and a free one-year home warranty. It's a tremendous saving. So go to trustedagentusa.com, trustedagentusa.com. And remember, if uh, one more time here, if you guys want the book, The Top Tens of Real Estate, there it is, Top Tens of Real Estate. If you want that book, for free, just text book to 630-921-0611. I'm going to send you a link to get that book free of charge. And I guarantee you, you will find many things in there that if you're buying, selling, or investing, you will save money if you just, just check off some of the boxes that you'll find in that book. So um, that's going to wrap it up for this Saturday, the Real Estate Radio Show podcast. We'll be back on on Wednesday at 11 o'clock for a half an hour. And then, of course, next Saturday as well. So you guys on YouTube, Facebook, LinkedIn, follow us, like us. We have some great things coming up. We have a very special broadcast with Margaret Gear coming up, who is the owner of Chicagoland Home Staging. And we're going to do a case study on a property, a $2.8 million property that she staged. And uh, I'll give you the whole story behind that because that's kind of a neat story in terms of why it sold, how long it was on the market, when it sold, and why she staged it like she did. This is an 11,000 square foot property. So keep an eye out for that. And remember, like and follow 
and comment. You know, when we're uh, when we're on the air here, we're streaming live, so uh, we want to hear from you guys. All right, you guys, have a great Saturday. Remember, it's eleven eleven. It's your lucky day. Give me a call if I can help you. 630-921-0611. Have a great, great Saturday. Have a great Sunday. And uh, we will talk to you again soon.